and welcome to the Missions Podcast, the show that explores your hard questions on missions, theology, and practice to help goers think and thinkers go. I'm Alex Kochman, Director of Communications and Media for ABWE, joined again on the show here coming to you from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary at the For the Church 22 conference. Again, since we had you last time in April at Together for the Gospel by Dr. Jason Allen, who is president of Midwestern here as well, and uh, also recently authored a new book on some of the history of this institution. Yeah, it's a delight to be on the podcast with you again, here recording the context of the For the Church Conference, which may be my favorite two days of the year yeah. because of the sweetness of this campus just being overrun with local church servants, ministers, missionaries, receiving the word together, worshiping together, fellowshipping together. It's just a really, really sweet two days. And so uh, for us, we launched this first conference in the fall of 2014, and here we are now in the fall of 2022. So each year it's really become a signature part of our yeah. institutional ministry. And uh, you, you did mention my book, and it, it just came out last week, and it's uh, really coming out in concert with my 10-year anniversary here. Yeah. And in the book, Turnaround, which I'm, re I'm really proud of how it came together, really thankful of how it came together, because in the book, I just tell the story of Midwestern Seminary of the past 10 years. Not just the story. I also developed throughout the book 10 leadership principles and practices that, that have been really essential to us here. Mm. And so if you're curious about what's happened at Midwestern Seminary the past 10 years, I think you really like the book. If you're curious about just how to lead, I think you would enjoy a benefit from the book. And really, the argument of the book is that, that leadership is, is simple. Not easy, but simple. Mm. And so I do not want to be, I do not want the book to be like one more leadership book that you got to buy. <laughs> and I do not intend to be like the provider of like a never-ending stream of new leadership materials and resources yeah. and mantras and theories. Thank uh, you. Yeah, no, yeah, thank you. Yeah, all you should, everyone should thank me on the podcast for that. Everyone, all your listeners should thank me because you don't it, need more. Enough, no, please it, stop. No, I say that it's coming yeah. at us so rapidly. Yeah. I refer to it as the leadership industrial complex. Yeah, just being churned out podcast books, magazines, conference workshops, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, and so my book I argue like, look, leadership's pretty simple, uh, largely intuitive, um, largely commonsensical, and, and yes, spiritual in nature. And you probably know about eighty percent of what you need to know to lead. In my book. I'm trying to refocus and help help prioritize and reprioritize and kind of remind the reader of these things that many of which the, the, the reader would know anyway and yeah. encourage them and charge them and really inspire them by the story of what God's done here. I'll tell you, uh, it can be tough sledding these days in ministry, local church and otherwise, and we get a lot of bad news. We, we read of churches plateaued or declining. We read of ministries oftentimes imploding. We read of yeah. ministry leaders at times imploding. Yeah. And just a good news story of here's what God has done. He's taken institutions from about 1,000 students to this year about 5,000 students uh, and blessed us in every other way with an incredible faculty, sound finances, and so forth. And it's just an incredibly compelling narrative. And so be encouraged. Christ is building his church. Be encouraged. He's still using institutions and organizations to strengthen and support his church. And I'm delighted to get to be the storyteller for Midwestern Seminary. I want to ask a little bit about that story. First, before we move completely off the theme of this year's uh, conference as well, what informed missions and for the nations being the theme of, of the conference? Obviously, it's biblical. Yeah. It's good to talk about. So I, I think that generationally, um, we need to refocus 
on stirring the hearts of God's people towards the Great Commission. I mentioned this in my sermon, but I've been talking about it around here for a couple of years, even part of the planning for this conference. Many of us came to age ministry-wise, called to ministry in the mid-90s, late-90s, early 2000s. For me, it was in that, that late-90s uh, context. And we kind of came to age in those early years of ministry, hearing John Piper say things like, don't waste your life. Yes. Yeah. And we were challenged by that and stirred by that. And so it's kind of like two decades, 20, 25 years ago, we had Piper saying that. And 10 or 15 years ago, we, we had Platt saying things, you know, be radical. And I just feel like the past five or so years, the church hasn't had a strong voice yeah. stirring the hearts of people, challenging them to go to the nations. No, there hasn't been. And so, again, not to be presumptuous here, but, but we are really trying, and this conference is a part of it, trying for us to step in that void a little bit, yeah. to raise our voices and yeah. say, go. Yeah. To raise our voices and say, rejoice in the Great Commission, delight in the Great Commission, obey the Great Commission, and to try to fan the flame here. And so I was pretty prophetic in my sermon this morning. You know, I, I, I was trying to challenge. And again, when you think about lostness, it's not ABWE's problem or IMB's problem. It, it's really your problem. Yeah, yeah. It's my problem. Yeah. What are we going to do individually to pursue solving that, to take the gospel to the nations? And yes, that typically takes place in partnership with, with ministry uh, partners and missionary partners. But um, we need to feel that personally, feel that uh, acutely as men and women in Christ. Yeah, I, I appreciate that heartbeat. We were talking about that a few episodes ago on the show as well, about there, there was your John Piper, there was your, your books written around the time of, of, uh, of David Platt's Radical. There's not as much, there, there is a void there right now, and so we need to fill that void a little bit. But shifting back to your leadership role here at Midwestern and being a voice for the nations, that hasn't happened overnight. And for those that don't know the basic narrative of, of kind of the reboot that Midwestern has gone through over the last decade, can you just, in broad brushstrokes, walk us through that a little bit? Because it really is kind of an incredible story. I know we live in an age where there could be a lot of cynicism about parachurch ministries, and, and maybe people might not feel as emotionally invested if they're not a part of either the school here or the Southern Baptist Convention, but it's really an incredible story of what's happened. Yeah, look, the local church is, is primary in God's Word. Christ is building His church. But you do have these strategic parachurch or support ministries that often are essential to the service of the local church. And so for me and for us for the past 10 years, we've been talking a lot about that, and we see our real reason to exist, our right to exist, corresponding to the degree to which we are supporting the local church, expanding yeah. the vision of the local church. So for us, excuse me, so my point in that regard is to say institutions matter, Christian organizations matter, Christian ministry and, 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 and uh, mission teams and agencies matter. Yeah. So these things matter. So for us then, um, I'm from Mobile, Alabama. My wife and I both are from the Gulf Coast. We called to ministry in the late 90s, went off to seminary in 2001, was in the Louisville, Kentucky, broader area uh, for about 11 years, pastoring, completing degrees at Southern Seminary, serving there with Al Bowler for a number of years. And we were just one big, young, happy family in Louisville, not looking to leave, didn't have a resume. When the search committee here reached out to me in May of 2012, the chairman of the search committee named Bill Booyer, who's now with the Lord, uh, he called me and said, look, Dr. Allen, you've been highly recommended to us. We'd like you to treat this seriously. Uh, we, had, we intend to treat you seriously as a candidate. And from May to October, that, that process played out of interviews, of dreaming, of praying, interviewing, dreaming, praying, to where in October of 2012, God called us here to come. And uh, you know, I'm Southern Baptist, been a Southern Baptist you know, since childhood, but really did not know much about Midwestern, other than kind of challenges. We tended to make the news in the 90s and the 2000s for financial challenges or personnel challenges. 
And so it just was not on our radar at all. I mean, I, I, I am not a, um, I am a, a driven person, that's true, but I'm not like a, a, a ladder climbing person. I've always just been like, man, I just need to be faithful, and God knows where I, God knows myself when I'm if he needs me. You know, he can call me. And so I'm 45 years old. I've never applied for a ministry position in my life. I've never really had a resume. And God's just kind of strategically opened a door or two along the way. But so we're there. God calls. We feel like he's leading us. We come. Well, we had never actually been to campus before. Okay. The interviews were in remote cities. Uh, and so we come to campus like, whoa. Back we have, before it was cool. That's right. That's right. That's, yeah. right. that's right. We come to campus. We're like, whoa, we have work to do here. And, and we kind of think like, just kind of smiling. Like, I think they did the interviews off campus so we would not see the state of the place. It was an absolute disrepair. The yeah. financial situation, the seminary had been through several rounds of severe layoffs and financial austerity. It was just acute. Uh, it was existentially a crisis. Will we exist? And those early months was just, uh, early couple of years was so challenging to get enough money to pay the bills, to try to begin to build a team that could co-labor with me, to build a faculty that students would want to serve with, to draw students to become study here, and then most especially to convey a vision for the institution, talk about why we exist for the church. And as we began to do that and God began to bless, every year it's been kind of like compound interest, getting healthier, stronger, sweeter than the year before. And God's grown us. So the past 10 years, as I've said, we went from a school just over 1,000 students to this year we'll finish about 5,000. Our revenues went from about $8 million that first year to this to this past year, uh, in the low to mid-30s. And so it's just been a, a very sweet, compelling story. And it is an awesome thing for me as president to get to steward not just the institution, but, but to steward that story. To yeah. be the master storyteller for folks who are observing what's going on and who are drawn to be a part. Now, obviously, it's God's grace that turned it around. And your book, you walk through some principles, and you probably don't want to toot your own horn about things that you think you did well. So maybe we'll make it about you and your team sure. and how the Lord was working through that. What one or two key things happened that were done that helped turn around the, uh, the, the direction of the institution? Yeah, you're kind. And again, uh, folks need to read the book to get the fuller, the fuller, not just fuller story, but the, the fuller kind of words of encouragement as to what to apply. Yeah. But you're right. Look, from beginning to the book, I'm real clear. This is not my story. Uh, this is our story. As president, I'm the appropriate person to tell it, but, but this has been a team effort. All glory goes to God. Yes. Human credit goes far beyond, beyond me. I would say a few things. First of all, we've been real clear from day one about, about who we are by way of conviction, what we believe. And most institutions these days are intentionally opaque, so not to offend any constituency. We said we're going to do the opposite. We're going to be intentionally clear. And we know we're not going to appeal to everyone, but to those who are fanatically committed to sound doctrine, to the Bible's Word of God, to the Great Commission, to the local church, they're unembarrassed, they're not embarrassed by issues like biblical manhood and womanhood, and you know, issues of gender and sexuality and marriage yeah. being rooted in the Scripture. Those who resonate with that, they're going to appreciate our clarity, yeah. and we're going to be real clear. Yeah. And so that's not going to appeal to everyone, but we're not trying to appeal to everyone. Right. So that conviction clarity has been key. Mission clarity for the church has been key. Vision clarity internally as to like what we're pursuing the next few years, what are the goals we're after. And I would say a few other things that we've been uh, you know, really, really uh, attentive to. Matters like, uh, man, just making every hire matter. Uh, you can't have a, a great team in total if you don't have a great team in part. And yeah. so treating every hire, make sure they're good fits yeah. theologically, spiritually, culturally. Uh, being mindful of the culture we have on campus, which one is, which is convictional, which is cheerful, which 
which is uh, dynamic as far as folks just being excited for Christ. Um, I would say accountability is a big deal to me and to the institution. We talk a lot about personal account- accountability, moral personal accountability, operational accountability, and uh, accountability to the vision, accountability to, um, to the resources God has given us. So those are a few things, conviction, mission, vision, uh, the team, the culture, accountability, and, uh, and God has been pleased to, to, to bless our very meager efforts. I mean, I tell people all the time, uh, first of all, when you really begin to look carefully nationally at how many healthy institutions there are, by healthy I mean they're doctrinally solid, on mission, financially sustainable, strong faculty, I mean the list gets really small really yeah. fast, really small really fast. But, but even within that list that's relatively small, um, God has been pleased to do some unique things here. And it's not because I'm smarter than everyone else or I work harder than everyone else or, or that we are so creative than everyone else as a team. No, it's God has chosen to bless. Yeah. And so we want to be the type of institution, as I like to say, that, that's eminently blessable. We want to be humble. We want to be holy. We want to honor Christ. We want to be devoted to his word. We want to love the gospel. We want to cherish the great commission. We want to honor one another's brothers and sisters in Christ. We want to be redemptive. We want to do all the things that, that we need to do by the grace of God to be an institution that God has stated. Yeah. That's blessable. Yeah, blessable. That's and, a great uh, and, uh, and, and we're determined to do that to the best of our ability by the grace of God. And God has been really pleased to, uh, to bless those things in response. Well, while we wrap up, what would be, somebody may be listening to this or watching this and thinking, okay, but I'm not the president of a major institution. I, I don't fill those shoes. I'm an ordinary pastor. I'm an ordinary missionary on the field. I'm a mother of children. My mission field is my little vipers and diapers that I'm chasing around. What would you say as far as principles from the book and from your experience leading Midwestern over the last 10 years or so uh, would be some ways that they can apply that to their situation? I would say the number one thing, and I talked about this in the book pretty early, is is to bloom where you're planted. Okay, And look, I was a young guy in my early 20s. I was restless wondering what I was going to do for Christ. And I was serving on staff with, with Steve Lawson, who's a, a preacher, one of yeah. preacher, author, pastor, many of your listeners will know. Dear friend of mine, mentor, he married my wife and I. And so I was on staff with him. I remember he said to me one day, he said, Jason, the most important job you'll ever have is the job you have right now. And man, that just so registered. I mean, that 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 landed in my heart before it landed on my ears. And I needed to hear that. And it's it's a man take, you know, for me it was I can rest. And again, I don't have to worry about what I'm gonna do next or what I may not do next. I just worry about what God's gonna do right here and seeking to be faithful in, in that responsibility He's given me. And if God wants to open another door, great. If he doesn't, great. Because if I'm being faithful to what God's given me to do, then there is a joy in that. I'm seeing the fruit of my labors. I know I'm abiding in his will. So I would say, man, if you're a mom changing diapers, if you're a pastor preaching sermon, if you're a student in seminary, just devote yourself to faithfulness there. And then enjoy the ride as to where God takes you and what you get to do. And every step of the way, view that responsibility, that season, those opportunities as um, as what's most urgent for you. If I could add to what you're saying, based on what you've already shared, be blessable, be in a position where God could bless you because you're being humble and faithful to him and abiding in Christ. Uh, and, and also recognizing that it's not all about you. It is it about is the not. team. It's, it's, about, not, yeah. it's about God's work in the kingdom. Yeah. And as bad as the world is uh, in some ways, and you turn on the news, look, here's an institution that God turned around. Yeah. God might turn around your ministry as well if that's you right. should be pleased. And that's what my big fear in the book was. Folks could from a distance think this is, you know, kind of we're, we're tooting our own horn here or I'm tooting my own horn. 
and uh, I'd say read the book, give it a chance because uh, you'll see that's not the case. Uh, it, it's we're super intentional. I'm super intentional from page one to the end of the book to talk about the kind providence of God mm. over all of this, blessing all of this, enabling us to do what we've done. He gets the glory, and again, human credit uh, does not go to me. It goes to a very gifted and creative and energetic team. He's, he's placed here. Right. Well, we'll toot the horn for you this a little bit. We're so grateful to have you on again. Thank you for returning to the show. We're so glad, and we love Midwestern. We love being here for the church, and we're glad you could join us uh, by watching this episode or listening if you're listening in your podcast app. Before you leave, remember to subscribe to the show, share it, like it, share it with a friend. That helps this content get in front of other people that can be blessed by it. Remember, the Missions Podcast is a ministry of ABWE. To get more content, go to missionspodcast.com, and to learn more about ABWE, go to abwe.org. Until our next episode from the For the Church Conference 2022, thanks for watching, and thank you for listening. Thank you.